Are you looking for a pair of sunglasses that are as about a good time as we are here at the corner booth? Well, look no further. Yeats official sunglasses are polarized, stylish, and fit any occasion. All of us here at the corner booth, we each got a pair. We're rocking right now in studio. You want yours? Go to yeatsofficial.com, promo code cornerbooth for 10% off, and get your pair now. My personal recommendation, the Aquas, always fly as hell. Enjoy it. Yeats Official, official sponsor of the Corner Booth Podcast. You are now in the Corner Booth Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this part of the podcast. I am your host, Jerry Clem, alongside my co-host, Matt Ordazzo. We are back. We are almost on our hiatus as we're doing like our every other week kind of format for the pod right now. Of course, next week we'll probably be off. If we are on, I'll probably have like a makeup host or something, but we're back. A lot of NFL news today. Um, One, Matt, we made it. Cheers, buddy. NFL training camp is officially We're starting. here. All hey. Recorded, recorded. NFL training camp is here, and Mekhi Becton is not fat. Yeah, yeah no, we'll me. talk about that first. You sent me that picture today. and I, Okay, so we got to we gotta talk about the uh, New York media's issue with fat shaming. Gentlemen, if that's what 400 pounds looks like, that's not terrible. No. That's I, like semi in shape for most of the guys who wrote that article. I I hate New York media. Like everybody, like they're just hyping him up to be this fat fucking meatball of a slob. And all of a sudden they post this picture of him and he looks like he's in fucking the best shape I've ever seen this guy before. Like he looks like he's a lean three, whatever. Yeah. It makes no sense. And what cracks me up the most is how he said he's probably gonna have a great season. And you know, honestly, like Jordan, my lot is 360 pounds at six foot eight. And he looks lean. Dude, Orlando Brown is like was like at one point four hundred and ten pounds at six seven. Okay, yeah. like that's too much. Makai Becton is a mammoth of a human. He might be one of the largest humans I've ever seen, just proportionally. So, what cracks me up is how people are just like, "Oh, he's too fat." It's like he's really not. No, I, if a tackle's under the weight of two hundred and eighty-five pounds or offensive lineman. That's not good. That means there are nose tackles who could shove you around. Jason Kelsey and centers, some centers are the only ones allowed to be under the weight of 285 now. Yeah. And it's funny because the New York media and everybody were hyping him up to be this, like I said, this fat slob. And then you look at the quotes today from Connor Hughes. Mekhi Becton looks to be in quite incredible shape. Message received from coaching staff, a great sign for the Jets. Brian Costello, as camp opens, it sounds like Mekhi Becton has been working hard since minicamp. Rich Semini is pretty much saying the team is happy with his progress. He slimmed down a lot. Like, I don't understand where this fucking, oh, he's fat. It was probably some New York reporter who got jilted for an interview and decided, oh, he looks fat. That's why he's ducking us. That's why I'm like, and it's what usually comes down to. There is some petty stuff. Okay, we're forgetting these media reporters are also humans. Slimy humans, but they're humans. And so, like, I've noticed with the Philadelphia media, too. I think um, what's Elliot Shore Parks? He works for um, one of the Eagles, like Eagles websites, and he has a beef with Jalen Hurts. I think he was one of the last, and so does um, uh, Derek Gunn. I think these guys were the two last Carson Wentz supporters. 
Yeah. Like they're still butthurt about Carson Wentz. Guys, people are replacing his name with AJ Brown plates. Mine is literally, I have to order it today. I just measured the plate before I got on. It's behind my desk over here. I'm ecstatic to have an AJ Brown jersey and not have to fucking pay for it. I mean, I paid 26 bucks. The fuck, who cares? Honestly, it's, I'm still paying half. Pro- I only paid 78 bucks for the Wentz jersey because it was on sale because it was like a. It was like a one-day fanatic sale because I do those during football season. Mm-hmm. I got it back in 2020 when I had a lot of money from the from the PPC Oops, stuff. Now you're good. And then I, oh, Matt's gone. Um, that's funny. I also love how we're using the wrong banner too. This is actually going to start to bug me. Well, the biggest thing about like the New York media is that I I, I literally it cracks me up how everybody <laughs> in the New York media. Just it's it's all these big cities: Boston, New York, Philly, Miami. Not so much. Miami's more transient, but um, even like hardcore LA, Dallas, yeah, Chicago, all these big cities. Their media, they're it's so cutthroat. It's like, guys, why don't you just support your fucking team? I understand holding management accountable, but these players, unless they're being complete shitheads, like the Javi Baez, Francisco Lindor incident last year, warranted. But going after Makai Becton for being a bigger tackle. Like the only tackle who might be bigger than him height wise is either Orlando Brown or Mylotta, who are both monster humans. Mylotta is yeah. a rugby player, so him he's not the one to look at. Mylotta is like the Aaron Donald of left tackles physique wise. Mm-hmm. He's just a, it doesn't look normal how he looks or how was, he sings. Shout out! By the way, I was trying to figure out how to turn my um, my camera around. I hit the X button by accident, but like look at this guy. Like I know it's a little pixelated, but that's not a fat fucking. I know. Guy. I saw that you sent the picture to me. Where where yeah. I was sitting on. We'll post a picture on our Instagram story, obviously, after the show. But what cracks about the whole Makai Becton thing was just, it's just, it's, it's just a typical thing of media, just not being able to let people be happy. Speaking of not letting people be happy, I'm just going in order here. Um, Madison Bumgarner, fuck oh. you. You're on my favorite team, and I can't stand you. You know, it's, it's what's funny with that is they had a seven to one lead, and all right, we were gave- kicking the piss out of them. Yeah. It's, it's like just let the kid pimp a home run. Yeah, he hit off up. one of the most intimidating pitchers in baseball. He's allowed to like celebrate it. Yeah, and yeah, I'm a Diamondbacks yeah. fan, like through and through, like die hard. And I'm like, dude, Mad Bum, shut up. You've been garbage this year. When a D backs get shelled, I always assume it's either Mad Bum or Tyler Gilbert who got shelled. Because the two like Mad Bum has been just okay this year at best. It's been Galen and Merrill Kelly holding up that rotation. And that in that batting lineup when they actually wake up. I mean, we've won three out of four since uh, the break, so <clears throat> I'll take it. But yeah, Mad Bum, honestly, like, dude, shut up. Let the kid pipe the home run. It's it's. Can we just put these unwritten rules in baseball to bed? They're so fucking stupid. But it wasn't even like he over celebrated. Like he hit the home run. He stared at it for a little bit, and he dropped the bat, and he just started to jog the bases. He still, it was still a seven to one game after the home run. Like it's not like you just gave up a four run shot. And this guy's just having a little pissy fit. Like ah, oh, he needs to clean it up. Like what does he need to clean up, bro? It's not like he hit it. Watch. You need to clean up that bum ass change of beers, Mad yeah. Bum. Jesus. It's not like he did a major bat flip and just was cocky. Like this dude hit his third home run. Oh, of the if year I if I kid. was facing Mad Bum and we're down and I absolutely blasted one off him after he struck me out before. I would do like a whole Jose Batista song and dance. Like, uh, what about uh? I thought it was great how after the fact 
uh, Victor Robles put a, a put clown. on the clown. I was, I love that. Yeah, I was like, so hyped for that. I was, I was like, so hyped for that. I, can respect I was like, that. yo, f you, Mad Bum. You're not gonna be a Diamondback after this year. I think we're probably gonna let his contract go to arbitration. I really like, or we're gonna try to deal him. And it's I mean, so funny. Uh, I was like, oh, everyone, everyone's assuming that Arizona's gonna deal Merrill Kelly at the deadline. I'm like, why? We're eight games out of out of the wild card. Like that'd be stupid. Hmm. Like. Arizona is already struggling to keep fans. Why would they give up? So I don't know. The, the whole MLB trade deal, I think, cracks me up. More time in a second. Apparently, according to Jason Dominguez, Juan Soto is going to be a, a Yankee by the end of the week. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Jason Dominguez said, "Congrats, Juan Soto, you're a Yankee," which meant I guess he's getting traded to Washington, which would be funny as hell because I think Jason Dominguez is going to be like one of those bust prospects. I don't say he can't miss, but every time I yeah. watch him play. I see highlights of them. I'm like looking. Also, shout out to our boys at Just Baseball, Peter and the gang, because hopefully we're getting them on the show soon. But I watch their show, listen to the show all the time. And it's a running joke about how Jason Dominguez is like this guy they're trying to make work, and he's just not. And so, it's, yeah. It's, it's weird. Like the whole Yankee, like the whole Juan Soto thing cracks me up because it's a pro. Like the Washington Nationals are all butt hurt because they're losing their best player. But they're not doing anything to retain him. No. They went and got Patrick Corbin from Arizona. Corbin should have stayed in the desert because he looks terrible now. Then you got, you know, you let Anthony Rendon walk after the World Series. Um, you let Scherzer go. And then Steven Strasburg is, like, not even clocking 91 anymore. Matt, I think at one point during high school or college, I clocked 91 off the map. Yeah. Okay, it's, it's not, like, that's not as impressive as it used to be. And I'm not even saying I'm good at baseball. I'm terrible. I'm like, okay, average at best for my area. So what cracks me up about this whole team is like, they're all butthurt how they did not, how Juan Soto's not sticking by them. The dude doesn't want to be Manny Machado, who's fighting to get out of a city at the age of like 27, instead of like, he's 23 years old. He's trying to have a career. The thing with uh, Jason Dominguez saying that is, that either means Dominguez is going to is going to Washington or Miguel Andujar is going to Washington. Either way, if I had to put a package together, I would love to. It's include probably Aaron. both knowing Washington. Oh, not giving I, for a I would love to include Aaron Hicks and Joey Gallo in there just to, for the hell of it. I, I definitely going to take those contracts. No, but you're going to have to give. Yeah, I mean, right. we'll take Joey Gallo. Put Joey Gallo in Arizona. Are you kidding me? He you're going to get 30 yeah. home runs in the back end of the season because that, that elevation. And it's not a giant market. I think he's just not a, a New York kind of guy. But I mean, realistically, if you're going to put a trade package as the Yankees for um, for Juan Soto uh, prospects wise, you're going to have to give up Jason Dominguez. You're going to have to give up probably as Waldo as Wal Peraza. You probably want to keep Volpe, so you're going to have to definitely give up Peraza. You're going to have to give up at least Clark Schmidt. You're probably going to have to throw in Miguel Andujar in there. You're going to have to throw in probably another big leaguer prospect so, in there. One of the things is if you guys don't get Soto, I know who you guys are going after, and it's going to suck because he's been on the Diamondbacks since like 2010. But um, Peralta. No, Marte's under Mar Marte's locked up. We just threw oh. a huge we just threw a contract back in April. He's not going anywhere. He goes, I want to stay in Arizona. Like that, that's his team. Fuck it. Keep there. Stay there. They just threw they just threw him a five year, a hundred and something million dollar extension. He signed it without question. He likes that area. He, I guess yeah. he's closer to his family or whatever, and he's loving it. Yeah. But it also Marte's my dog. So like I'm hyped about that. But we were I sent you the clip from just baseball. And I think like honestly, if the if the Yankees don't go and get uh, Dominguez, I think, I mean, I'll go get Soto. They're going to go with David Peralta. As much as Peralta is not like a, a sexy name, Peralta and Yankee Stadium would be disgusting. He's mm -hmm. a, he's a pole hitting lefty who runs the bases well, has a great arm, 
and can field well and he can run. He's he's a good solid outfielder. I guess the best equivalent to him for me is like um a Bernie Williams type where he's got mm-hmm. decent power, he's got good fielding range, good speed. But this is 90s Bernie, not 2000. Yeah, he's an average on base percentage kind of guy that has yeah, like he, 20 something runs just, in a year. Gets hits. He produces runs. He's not he's going to be that in-between guy. He's not he's not, he's not a full contact guy. He's not a full power guy. He's an in-between guy. And the thing mm-hmm. is, also, and in, in, he would love that short porch. He'd probably have 30 home runs in, in Yankee Stadium yeah. every year. And the problem is, the Diamondbacks are trying to get rid of him now because you have Corbin Carroll, who's probably going to be in the big leagues by August, who's the number three prospect in baseball. You have Drew Jones, who might be playing by mid next year now, the first, the second overall pick. The Yankees are, the Diamondbacks are like, yeah, if he's as good as he says he, we think he is, he'll play by next August, which is scary because it's him, Alec Thomas, and Drew, Corbin Carroll, which is just three top 10 prospects. In one outfield, yeah. All of them are center fielders by trade. In that outfield is insane. But that's like back when they had Pollock, Justin. I think it was Pollock, Justin Upton, and Chris Young in all one outfield, which is which is ridiculous. But um, or my, maybe it was um Peralta, uh, whatever the guy was that we traded to um, uh, Milwaukee. Either way, um, but I think Peralta to the Yankees is a really realistic thing. Also, the Yankee, the Diamondbacks, would be like, all right. Here's Peralta, but we want a pitching prospect because mm-hmm. the Diamondbacks, the one thing they're missing, they need it. They need more starters. Merrill Kelly's 31 years old. Galen's my age. He's 27. Um, and then they got like Tyler Gilbert, who's okay, but he's been struggling this year. And then after that, they have a bunch of young guys in their lineup and their and their farm system look good, but like, you know, getting a top ranked Yankees at pitching ace or a reliever, like, I think Peralta the Yankees is more realistic because I don't know what they're gonna do with Soto. Because well, I think the, the I think the Nationals are just asking for way too much fucking money. I mean, well, way too pitch, much compensation. Pitching prospect wise from the Yankees that I think they would easily give up for any sort of uh, trade piece would be uh, Clark Schmidt, in my opinion, who is a solid reliever with potential of being like a five inning starter kind of guy. See, that's, that's the one thing the Arizona guys wouldn't take. They need a guy who's going to eat innings. Yeah, see, he's he has started for us, but he's primarily been a long reliever kind of guy for us. Okay. We, but, like a Josh Colmenter kind of type where he's yeah, just like the, yeah, yeah, like a sixth starter it. when you need him kind of thing. Like yeah. your starter got shelled and he needs five innings. Yes, but in his defense, he hasn't had that uh, that ample of opportunity to be a starter. But mm-hmm. um, well, like I guess I guess what the Diamondbacks, I guess what the organization wants is because they've they've noticed that like the way the Diamondbacks have always won has always been with power bats, one or two aces, and a gasoline closer whether that was Valverde JJ puts Bing Young Kim they always needed a guy who can shut the door mm-hmm. even they had art they had Archie Bradley and um what's his face back in 17 it was still a great uh setup but my biggest thing was with um with Arizona was they needed to go get like a Jordan Hicks kind of guy where he's just gonna pump absolute gasoline off the mound and in that ballpark, the ball flies. The ball flies so much. One thing they don't talk about is, oh yeah, the ball flies out farther. The ball also gets the pit, the plate faster in Arizona. Mm-hmm. So what looks like an 100, 102 mile an hour fastball in New York City is a hundred and six mile an hour fastball. What it looks like in Arizona because it's just so much faster because the ball is lighter because the mm-hmm. elevation and the heat and dry heat and everything. But I digress. I don't know. I just the Juan Soto thing feels odd to me. I feel like either we're gonna get like some like team that makes no sense getting him for training their entire prospect line or 
we're going to get like the Yankees shelling out their entire farm system and him being okay. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I think your options are the Yankees are going to give up four to five prospects plus a big leaguer or two for, for Soto, or he's going to go to some random market team like the Cardinals. Like, I really think that it's one of those two. The Cardinals. Oh my God. I did see a trade package. The Cardinals have enough firepower to get him. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of cute, but there's all there's, I've been talking to some Mets fans that obviously want Soto and I'm like, listen, but, how? Why but, you trade him inside your but own that's position? the thing I'm like, cause I'm talking to him. Like, how do you expect the nationals to, tr- they let Bryce Harper go to an in-division rival team. You think they're going to trade Soto to another division team? Plus uh, they were, I was like, name me the package. They named me like three or four high prospects. I'm like, you need to double that. You're in the division. This is Juan Soto. You need, you need to, to give make up. something off this deal. Like the thing is, like the weirdest thing is right now. It's like unfortunately we, we haven't talked a single lick of baseball or fifteen minutes at uh, football except for um, Mikhail Becton. But I think what the Soto deal is like, yeah, he looks great and he's going to be a top ten player in baseball for a while. He doesn't want to be Mike Trout, but I think the the weirdest thing about all of these, um, I guess. These guys were trying to not be Mike Trout. Ironically, it's like the it's the weirdest way to say it, but it's I guess it's the truth. Is that a lot of these guys are in these organizations are asking for way too much, and I think it, they're they're asking like it's a Madden deal. I'm like guys, you realize you can't ask for everything. It's got to be a balance. That's what makes yeah. trades work. Like like we talked about the Grobert trade with Minnesota. I know it's a different sport, different league, but. That trade felt so imbalanced. If, if if Minnesota doesn't make the NBA Finals next three years, it's a bust. Mm-hmm. The thing with Soto is the reason why I think they're going to get everything they want and more for him is that the advantage that the Nationals have is that he's a young, rising, top 10 kind of guy at his position in the, in the league. He's he already has, top 10 now. Yeah, he has two years left to control before you even have to pay him. So they can command all they want for him, and they can get everything they want for him because that team that gives up whatever they need to give up for him still does not have to pay him until after the 2024 season. So I, I wouldn't if I'm the Nationals. I'm like, listen, like I want your best and highest because you're going to get a, a young 23 year old top 10 guy. You can give a 13, 14 year contract to, and you don't even got to pay him for two more years. I, I will offer this as a kind of other thing we could talk about is that with the Yankees and with Juan Soto and the Nationals, the other thing we're, we're kind of ignoring here is that they may just eat the deal and then revisit this in December at the winter meetings. Mm-hmm. That's, they that's may just say, possible. we're not liking what we're seeing right now. And I'm going to say this also. Let's say okay, we have a couple teams that finish hot, right? We have the we have the Mariners, we have the Diamondbacks. Say let's finish hot. We say uh, the Twins finish on a hot streak, and they they're like first round exit teams, right? I think the Padres are going to fizzle out because they just uh, we haven't even heard anything about um, uh, Frank uh, Fernando Tatis, and I, I would love to see him play because he's just so much fun to watch. But mm-hmm. um, I'm just I'm I'm sitting there waiting for this to happen. He's not coming out. But like we could have a bunch of surprise teams that are just like, okay, we're in the market now. We have great prospects, but we're a win now team all of a sudden. So I think the Nationals may look at this like, okay, we don't like the Yankees package. We'll just pull. Yeah. It's, we don't it's, we're already gonna lose we're gonna lose a hundred games anyway. So why don't we just tell Soda if you want to sit, he can sit. You know, it's a it's a win win for the Nationals because they're 
they're better without him too because if they trade him they can get probably their future five ten years of baseball from that one deal or they keep him and like you said they revisit the stuff in december you look at all the teams that that exited out in the playoffs that were like this close to the series so like we just need that one more piece and we'll win it next year juan soto is right there it's it's so crazy to me how this is what it's come down to with, with the Han Soto deal. I thought this was gonna be a fast moving deal. I honestly I think it's 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 still faster than the KD deal. We're not gonna hear about KD until like Matt. We're I'm gonna be on vacation and we're gonna be like and you're gonna text me like Yo KD got traded and we're like all right we gotta do an episode. Let's go. Yeah, let's, let's like uh, Celtics gave up like Jalen Brown and five first round picks plus like fucking I don't even know that crew bear deal basically the Minnesota Timberwolves pulled the Jacksonville Jaguars oh. and it ruined the NBA. Oh yeah, if I'm if I'm Brooklyn, I'm looking at that Rudy Gobert deal. I'm like, listen, I want everything that Gobert got plus like two or three first round picks extra and like a playable player today. Yeah, that's why I'm like Jalen Brown or Marcus Smart's got to be in that deal. I think I think they'll deal Jalen Brown because honestly Tatum and. Because, like, Jalen Brown, I think, is the most replaceable guy out of that starting lineup. Yeah. Where it's like, Jalen Brown is basically, to me, he's he's poor man's DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. I mean, that's besides... That's so fucked up to say, but it's the truth. He's a poor man's DeMar DeRozan. And Celtics fans, I'm sorry, that's literally the honest to God truth. And we'll, I guess we'll go right into... We'll finish with football. We'll go right into NBA right now. But any other deadline before we go in the NBA full go? Do you have any other uh, trade deadline predictions you think are going to happen? Um, I, th- I think Soto... I think Soto goes to the Yankees. Um, I'm not saying that to be a biased Yankee fan. I, think I just think, put, but, I think yeah. the Yankees, if he's traded, I think the Yankees have the most to offer. And I think yeah. the Yankees are also the most desperate team right now to win now. So I think that's yes. another, I think that's another. Do the Yankees go get our pitching prospect too? Do they go get like uh, Henry Mejia or uh, or uh, Jose Castillo? So if they don't. Because we saw them last year double dip with Joey Gallo, so you can't rule it out. But the prospects-wise, you have to rule it out. But if they don't get Soto, I think they go for Luis Castillo. I think we're going to see a surprise team go make a blockbuster deal to get back in the race. I can see if the Yankees don't get Soto, I can see Cardinals getting Soto. But if none of that happens, I can see like the Cardinals, the Mariners, the 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 Dodgers, or somebody. I could see them going after like Benintendi or something like that. Do- I have a weird feeling the Dodgers can be quiet this year. They've been very quiet all season, and they have like they're just like they're just winning games. They traded a lot over the last couple. Like they, you know, I think they, I think they have the lineup they want. I think the biggest thing is now it's like they have everything they need. It's just can they put it together? We also think of the prospects they gave up for Machado a couple years ago, and then what they gave up for Scherzer. I think they're kind of out of. Yeah, they're out of. I mean, their farm system's still great, but like you look at the baseball top one hundred. I'm seeing a lot of Washingtons, a lot of Arizonas, a lot of Baltimores, a lot of New Yorks, a lot of uh, New York Mets and Yankees, um, a lot of uh, Nationals. There's a lot of like guys who are ranked high that are on small clubs. I think because uh, of the last couple of years, the MLB went into this heavy prospect moving scenario. Now you're looking at t- all these front runner teams who have spent all their cash in the last couple of years. Oh yeah, they get new prospects every year, but. And the baseball 100 market shifts, but like, like I feel like the Dodgers only have a couple like really good ones now. I mean, the Before, Dodgers still the the Tigers still the best prospect in baseball. He's only yeah. played a couple games. Before we finish with the uh, the baseball trade deadline talks, I got one more bold trade line trade deadline prediction, and it involves the Mets in both scenarios. I think it was just reported today, but I think the Mets make a deal for Wilson Contreras and David Robertson from the Cubs. Oh yeah. 
And I, I think they turn around and say, you know what, just to kind of finish it off, I, I think they trade a modest trade, nothing crazy, but I think they go and get Trey Mancini from the Orioles. Go get some more power in that lineup because they need a lefty badly. I think they gotta. I think they have to come to the realization Mets fans, you're not going to get Soto solely because he's in your division. I think Mets fans are in denial, but Mets management has clearly in the last year and a half shown they are not in denial. They go get the right guys. Yeah, but you know what? What would, what would you rather have? You give up the entire farm and then some for Soto, or would you rather go and get? You rather solve your I am, catching unless needs? you're gonna get, okay. So show me that Juan Soto is the next like Alex Rodriguez or Albert Pujols, and I will do that. But to me. Like, so, like, I look at a team like my team, right, Arizona. Mm -hmm. I love what they're doing. I love the fact that they have Corbin Carroll, who's going to be like a Jacoby Ellsbury type, a little bit of power, a lot of speed, a little bit of arm strength. Alex Thomas, who's going to – Alex Thomas is going to kind of be like the in-between guy. And they go get Andrew Thomas. I mean, Andrew – or Drew Jones, who might be the next – who might be like the next version of his dad with more power. So, to me, it's like, okay, great. And then you have also Cattell Marte, Paven Smith, Dalton Varsho, um – Josh Roja, you have all these young guys who all want to play, and then they you surround them by a superstar like Cartel Marte and an established catcher like Carson Kelly, and now you go get some pitching. It's not a bad lineup. I like a lot of these teams are doing these hard long resets, and as much as they suck for fans like me, I've been suffering since 2017. Actually, no, 2018 we blew that like seven game lead, 17 game lead in July. Um, all I'll say is this. I'm not hating it. I'm not hating these hard resets. I think like a lot of these teams like Baltimore, who's already yeah, shown they have the potential. Yeah. You have Washington, who's about to start theirs. But you look at Seattle; they've been playing the long game for years. Give, and now they uh, have some ball players. Give the Diamondbacks and the Orioles and the Mariners another like three, four years or so, and you're oh, everybody's kind of that long. I don't think it's that long. I think both, all three teams will be in the playoffs next year. Really? I think okay. errors. I think okay. So like San Diego's window was this year. And that car crash from Tatis fucked them. Yeah. They're going to have a 30 for 30 about this. Because Slam Diego was supposed to be the thing that beat the Dodgers. We thought the Giants were going to be that. But the Giants had that one-year run of just playing well. But they're already down. Oh, great. Drew Jones already out with a shoulder injury. Great. Mm-hmm. It's okay. He's not playing this year anyway. Sorry, um, the, the Yankees hit back-to-back home runs in the first inning. Took a 2 nothing league. And then they gave up like four runs in the first as well. So now they're down like four or five to two. And it's okay. Yeah, it was- you listen, it's it's days after size country. He's gonna play single eight ball this year. I really don't care about it. It's like listen, I'd rather Drew Jones get hurt now mm-hmm. than get hurt like next year when he's supposed to be coming off in the league. Yeah. Well, my point from earlier is give those three teams a, like a at least like a couple years, and they're gonna be those teams where everybody looks at like when did they get better? Well, like dude, the Houston been, Astros were in yeah, 2017. We're like, yeah. where the hell be all these prospects? It's like, oh it's like, dude, if you opened your eyes, we've all been watching this happen, and it's just been progressing, and everybody's like, Oh, when did they get better? One like, guy I want to get on the pod because he only has two thousand followers on Instagram, and it'd be easy to get a hold of him is uh, Dalton Varsho. Because mm-hmm. the dude has been playing lights out at center field and catcher this year for Arizona. Yeah. And I would love to get a guy like that who's like very small market. It'd be easy, like very fun to have on. He's a Wisconsin boy. He shares you betcha shit all the time. It's hysterical. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just random thought I'm going to put out there on the podcast. But yeah, no, it's with all these young teams, right? It's it's really funny how baseball is so cyclical. Every couple of years, we have those teams that everyone like sleeps on. Everyone's like, oh, we're shitting on them. The Royals back in 2015, right? Everyone was shat on the Royals. 2014, they get to the they get to the World Series. Everyone's minds are blown. And they won like 86 games that year. Yeah, and then 2015, 
they get in again, but this time without like a James Shields or like at least a, a, a good pitcher. Or and then yeah, my boy uh, Ventura, rest in peace. He was he was so much fun to watch. That dude threw absolute rockets at the plate. Um, and then my boy Mikey Moose and <laughs> Eric Hosmer, literally the worst contract in baseball history, and all these guys, and they kicked ass. Mm. That's what I love baseball. Baseball is one of the sports where it's like the LA Dodgers, or the Dallas Cowboys of baseball. Like their 2020 championship really does not count. It honestly does not. It was a dark time for baseball. Yeah. That was the, the most fucking tremendous. Marlins made the playoffs. That doesn't count. Listen, that was awesome. <laughs> Let's be honest. Everyone was a little hype except for NLE's fantasy. The Marlins make the playoffs. That was the most, I'm not even gonna lie. That was the most stressful season ever because every game counted. So the fact that the Yankees were like a 10 and one team that started it and everybody was freaking out, like you were just football going eight and no. And then you get down and you're like 30 something to like 30 or 20 something. I'm like, this is fucking, this Dude, is too much. How about my team? They started off like 20 and like seven and then they slipped and finished with like 30 wins. Yeah. I was like, this is fucking terrible. I, did, I didn't like it. I was, I was too overwhelmed every game. Oh my I God. Like but I listen, I got to give a shout out to MLB.com. Uh, they gave me this great deal for streaming. I got to watch so much baseball. And now the MLB just shut down every single freaking streaming site. Yeah. I, I'm going to have to, I might have to shell out some money for it. I, I mean, I'm thinking about it. I, you probably got better luck than me because every time the Yankees play, I don't even get yes on YouTube TV. And um, so really? I've been using, no. I mean, there's probably a package that allows it, but the package I have, I don't get it. I get SNY, I get MSG. I Open mean, Network. okay, so I got to ask, how many, we can talk about it off camera because listen, if you want, we can start splitting YouTube TV. I have it and I'm the only one that uses it. Well, I have it. I don't need to split it, but. Um, I was going to say, it would save us money. Yeah, but I. um, so, My package has yes, by the way. That's good to know. So I have the Yes app, and my grandmother has Xfinity, so I've been using like her login information for the Yes thing. So then I'm like trying to – I'm calling her. I'm like, hey, Graham, remember when I used your shit for the Yes? And she's like, yeah. I was like, well, a time down, I need to do it again. Imagine having to guide a 90 – almost 91-year-old woman through receiving, oh, yeah. a, receiving a text about a confirmation code to then try and get her to read that to you so you can hook yes up on your TV. I'm like, all right. You need to meme. have the confirmation code be sent to your phone. That's what I did. I know. But I'm like, all right, meme. There's a, a number just got texted to you. She's like, yeah, it was a 4156. I was like, yes, yes, that number. Click it. She's like, okay. And she's like, what am I going to read? I was like, there sh- it should say something. She's like, oh, it says confirmation code XNGY. Do you need to know if there's caps? I was like, yes, I need the entire details. Everything you can tell me. Tell her to just take a screenshot next time. She does not know how to do any of that, man. I just we just taught her to use a smartphone like five years ago. I know. So, it's okay, listen, my grandmother can't even use a phone anymore because her hands are so like, like. So, so. It, it it took like ten minutes because she read me the old one from the last time because Jesus. she saw there was two messages and so she read me the old one. I was like, it doesn't work. She's like, there's a second one. I was like, give me that one. And then we finally figured it out. She's like, I'm getting a confirmation email. I was like, don't fucking worry about it. Don't touch it. I'm in. So now I got to do it all over again because it's fucking timed out again. I'm looking because apparently YouTube TV offers MLB deals through YouTube TV. So I'm going to look into that. Well, it drives me crazy that even when the Yankee game is on and it's not on yes and it's on ESPN, MLB, CW10, or whatever the fuck it is, it we like, oh, it's blacked out because it's an in market game. I was like, I don't give a fuck. I was like, it's not my fault that I grew up like an hour and a half from my team. I was like, let me see the damn game. 
It's like if this was the fucking oh, if it's well, like this is the fucking Chicago so a per- Bulls you show. A me. person who will never be a person who will ne- no longer be named on the show. He showed me a great website, MLB Stream sixty six, demolished by the MLB. The MLB nuked the site. What about uh, uh, crack streams or whatever? Crack streams? I don't know who the hell runs that, but they do God's work. It's the only thing that annoys me, which I'll go through it any day because it always works. Is that you have to like you get into it, then you have to exit out, go back in, exit out, go back in, whatever. Like you yeah, get- I know. I mean, I've gotten really good at just utilizing like the the pop up blockers and everything else, and being able to know what what X is to click, what X is not to click. That's yeah. fine. I haven't missed any a snap of an Eagles game or like a full quarter of an Eagles game since uh, holy fuck, twenty fifteen. Yeah, Eagles Buccaneers 2015 is the last time I missed an Eagles game. Oh my god. What are we starting with first? You want to talk Julio or you want to talk Chris Carson? Yeah, we better get into this NFL stuff because we're already a half hour in. We gotta know we guys let's talk Julio. I thought Julio was going to Indy. I was putting money on it if it was available, and I'm sitting here like thank God it didn't because I feel like a jackass. I guess Matt Ryan didn't have the pull he used to, huh? You know, I I don't know how to put it. I don't really think it is a good or bad thing for a team to sign Julio. You know, we we've we've seen it for the last like three or four years. He's just not he's not a healthy guy. He has like three or four he's great da- games. He's, he's like what T.O. was in his Dallas years, where it's just like there's so much muscle and so little like body fat. He's pushed his body to the limit. He just doesn't. He can't stay healthy now. The thing with him also is he's he's it's almost like T.Y. Hilton where he when he's healthy he's great but he's just not and he was supposed to be that guy for the Titans that pushed them over the limit to get okay, them to we that Super Bowl. Blame him on the Titans. Apparently, no, what I I'm, heard at a camp was okay. I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I heard about this because somebody uh, they had somebody in McAfee who knew who knew Julio, and there was apparently like when he got to camp, like he dogged it through camp. He's like, oh, I'm Julio Jones. I don't need to worry about this that much. I can just kind of veteran my way through camp and he was like 10 10 weeks behind the playbook and also let's be honest Tennessee is not a good offense for receivers right now because you have Ryan Tannethrill um who's going to literally get benched by uh, by the way one of my honorable mentions for our bold predictions that Beth has written down is that Malik Willis will be starting by week nine I think Willis I is going to come in and be Michael Vick, two, not Michael Vick 2.0, but he's going to be very much like that Deshaun Watson type, like a mobile quarterback with a cannon arm who's a little undersized, but he's just going to get it. And I don't think Barks is going to be that successful. I think Bobby Trees is going to be great. Um, I and You know what, Derrick Henry's not playing this most of the preseason apparently, but I, either way. Do you I think really, he's going to have a better – like so – you're saying he's going to come in around week nine. So do you think he's going to be have a rookie season like Baker or Lamar where they come in three to six weeks into the season and they just have a like just like an amazing rookie year? Or do you think he's going to have like an up and down but just enough to be that guy next year? He's going to have a Carson Wentz rookie year, up and down. Okay. There's going to be bad weeks. There's going to be good weeks. There's going to be weeks where you're scratching. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, pal? But then there's you know, going to be like – because he, he's, he's not just like – like everyone's like looking like everyone. The problem is the well, name a quarterback who's had an elite rookie season the past seven years. It's fair. Dak I Dak mean, was Dak was hit and miss. Carson Wentz was good and bad. Jared Dak was Goff probably was horrible. Jared Dak Goff was, was horrible. probably the closest going fourteen and two with like two or three. Manager. 
that yeah, was a game manager. You could even, you might have to go as far back as uh, the year that RG3, Russell Wilson, and yeah, Andrew Yeah, RG3, got and Russell Wilson, and Andrew Locke. That's the last one I think of when I'm like, okay, elite level starting quarterback rookie seasons last year. Awful. You could Awful. probably say Patrick Mahomes, even though he started his second Doesn't count. year. Does not count. You're talking a whole year. You talk about like drafting year first. That, yeah, I see what you're saying. Cam Newton. Yeah, I think I'd have to. I, as I can think of, I think I'd have to go with uh, Russ. Well, okay, here's like so like, like rookie years, right? We'll go back to the 2020 class. I, 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 Joe Shiesty before he got hurt. Um, that whole class is funny to me, right? That 2020 class because it's hurt Burrow, it's her, Herbert. Herbert had a great rookie year too. But Tua was, Tua was fucking terrible. Jalen Hurts was basically running around for his life in that Eagles backfield. Burrow, uh, wanna, same thing. You want to have a fun little discussion? Who do you think is going to win a Super Bowl first, Josh Allen or Justin Herbert? Oh, Josh Allen. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Here's the problem with Herbert. It's not even his fault. It's the fact of the matter is I don't trust the Spanos family. They're going to sell that team. It's going to derail that team for two years. They're gonna okay. So here's another bold prediction. That's the AFC title game this year. Buffalo, I don't. Tr- Buffalo, Los Angeles. I don't trust the coach for the Chargers because like I like he, Staley. I like, I like him, him, but he's too risky. Like he's like Jason Garrett, kind of risky, where he always goes for the risk and it never pays off. But he doesn't. No, learn. he's Doug Peterson risky. He's yeah. like all but, visor all day kind of. The reason why I say that is because you just look at you. I think there was a couple games last year, I believe, where they uh, they uh, they went on some fourth down or whatever. They it didn't work out in their favor. But last year when they were in the playoffs and it was like a tie and you're both in thing, like the Raiders clearly, like the Raiders clearly were playing for the tie for them both to make it. Then they would have played in the wild card game. And he had to be greedy and you know fuck that whole thing up. I just after that I got a bad taste about that. I think he's just got a I think he's a good coach. He's just got some stuff to clean up I in that sense. I think he learned his lesson. Hmm. Greg oh, I don't know if this guy name is Zerline's offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year picks. Jets are dominating the rankings. Oh, Lance Zerline? Yeah, I guess so. I yeah, guess Lance Zerline's my... honestly been good writing. I, I will say this and I don't know how we went from Julio Jones Julio Jones to the Buccaneers is a good pick. You know why? He doesn't have to be their number one feature. He's a two or two A feature, which is fine. Mm-hmm. That team is still going to win 11 or 12 games. They're still going to be the best team in the NFC or NFC South at least. And that's it. Okay. It makes them a better team. It makes me fear them again. Next question. It, it's kind of a very, okay, good. You replaced Antonio Brown with less of a head case. Yeah. So Julio I mean Jones going is a hard worker. Going back to that Julio thing, I think um I mean it's not a bad sign for them at all. I mean him with Brady already is gonna be a great duo. I, I think I would have rather have seen Tampa well I guess you can't say you'd rather them go with some sort of more reliable receiver option because well, how much what was really Odell yeah, was Odell Yeah. So this is probably all they could really do, but my thing is Chris Carson, Chris Carson, we'll get to him. Chris Godwin, the last couple of years has been October. Yeah, he's just so he's not. He's also a guy in the last couple of years since he got signed. He's not also a healthy guy. Like he's the, since Brady's like, been in Tampa, overhyped him so much. But he's just been up and down the last few years with injuries, and then you you 
you know, replace him with Julio Jones, who's going to be the third guy. But for right now, he might be the second with Mike Evans until and Chris Scotty Scott Miller. Scotty Miller, who's underrated, I think, as a slot guy. But I just think like Julio is also going to be that guy that's probably just going to be hurt by week five. And then what are they going to do? They gonna, then maybe they'll go sign Odell by week five or six, and then try and get him back after like it's the seventh or eighth still, week. It's, it's also still it's Brady, man. Like I, I look at it from the simple aspect that I I I just I don't get. I I love the the Odell signing. I mean the um the Julio signing, and this doesn't really change the NFC much. I still have, I still have Philly winning the East. I still have Tampa winning the South. I have. Um, in the West, I still have Los Angeles. In the North, I still have Green Bay. Yeah. It's not really much of a change for me. All it does is it makes the Colts more vulnerable in the AFC South. Yeah, and let's not Which forget gives Jacksonville. The, uh, Jacksonville, my surprise team this year, it gives them more of a shot. Let's not forget that. Uh, let's not overshine the fact that Tampa Bay also does have um, Russell Gage. Not a you know. On paper, you, you hear solid his name. slot guy, yeah. solid slot guy. It's not an attractive high sign kind of guy, but when you look at his stats, the last couple of years he's had like and also he gets with Tom yards. Brady. He's gonna be a yeah. nuisance with Tom Brady. Yeah, they lost Gronk, but they still have OJ fucking Howard and Connor Bray. It's not like they're like a terrible. Oh no, OJ Howard's gone now. I was about to say Connor Bray. If Connor Bray, I think they signed or drafted a tight end. Yeah, they, they drafted one. Um, all right, let's talk running backs. Uh, Chris Carson retired today. Um. I'm more surprised. I knew he was it was a possibility because of his injury history. The guy just could not stay healthy. No. And you know, when he was healthy, he was such a fun running back to watch, especially he if you had him on pinball. your fantasy football team. He's he a was pinball. A, he just kept bouncing and running. He was a guy that was going to get you 16 points minimum a so week with the in Rashad fantasy. So Rashad Penny and uh, DJ Dallas Travis Homer show now. I'm going to give it a Rashad Penny is going to be that featured guy. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe one of my Miami guys gets it. Like, it's just whoever. The problem was with Penny. Penny can't stay healthy. I got the I got the deal of a century for Seattle right now. Okay. I'll give him Tevin Coleman for, for uh, DK Metcalf straight up right now. Jesus Christ. You idiot. <laughs> All righty. Moving on. <laughs> they, can, they can have LaMichael Piran or whoever they want. Just give me DK. Oh, my God. You are just losing your shit now. I just, you know, what's cracking me up about the whole Chris Carson thing is that it's, it's like so like Seattle of Seattle. Like they're gonna have such a down year this year, and like somebody's gonna come out of that running back room like blowing through everybody. Like I think, like so, like a surprise team. My first surprise team is obviously Jacksonville, and then also I like the Jets a lot too, only because I think the Jets just like they just made all the right picks. Yeah. They just made yeah. all the right picks. I like Sauce. I like Jermaine Johnson. I like Garrett Wilson. With the Jags, I love Doug Peterson as a culture changer. I like the fact he's going to be like, hey, Trevor, drop that diva shit. I had to deal with that with some ginger stepchild in Philadelphia. I'm not dealing with you. Yeah, if you take um, if you take those bottom-of-the-barrel teams like like the Jets, the Lions, Texans, and the Jaguars. In my personal opinion, I think the Jaguars the have the most one, pressure the on them. The only one out of that four you just named that will not be good this year is the Texans. Yeah. The and Texans unfortunately, are, you know. Our, you know uh, prayers, are, prayers are for John Mechie. Yeah. 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 Corner John, Blue Podcast. Is, John Mechie was um, diagnosed with leukemia over the weekend. So that's unfortunate. It really sucks for John because yeah, a hell, of a, hell of a player in college. He was looking forward to a really great career. Hey, listen, hopefully he beats it, comes run, roaring back and starts kicking ass. Yeah, um, um, 
According to your buddy, according to gonna say, according to your buddy Kev, it's a it seems like a curable form. So yeah. you know, we hope and pray that it's a speedy recovery and he can light the season up next year for the Texans. Oh yeah, for big bad long neck Davis Mills. Okay, <laughs> so by the way, the Texans are gonna lose like ten games, but I think Mills yeah. is gonna be like the highlight of that team. And what's what's going to happen? What's going to happen that everybody can say what they want to say about Lovey Smith? This was another stopgap signing at head coach. He's going to get fired after one year, and they're going to fucking. He's going to retire. Just to be like, I don't even know, just to save his image but or whatever. That defense is going, or he's going to, he's going to ask to be demoted. Like, or he's going to be like, I would like to be moved up to the front office and administrative role. Like, well, like, who I do they even well, sign? You know what I mean? Josh besides McCown. the draft. But no, besides the draft, like, who do they even sign as free agents that's going to help them? No, they're, no, they're starting Mills. That was the whole thing. But next yeah. year, you got three elite quarterbacks. I think three elite quarterbacks. Some people are telling me five. I think the only three elite quarterbacks next year are Stroud, Young, and Van Dyke. I want some Will Levis. I, you got to prove me Will Levis is elite. Um, but you're probably going to get the same amount of quarterbacks that were drafted within the first four rounds this year and the first round next year. Oh no, but they're much more talented next year. No, what I'm saying is like the amount of quarterbacks yeah. taken the first four rounds this past year. Yeah, that's how many. The thing is like first. I said this to my buddy today. He's like, "You want Hurts to play?" I'm like, "The only way I don't want Hurts to be the Eagles' starting quarterback next year is if he is terrible, and then we go get Connecticut's own Miami quarterback Tyler Van Dyke. That's the only way I'd be truly happy because Van Dyke has so much swagoo for a white boy from Glastonbury. Uh, he, he just oozes swagger. This dude calls out David Pollock pregame, then lights up North Carolina State's elite defense with like three touchdowns of a freshman. It was like amazing. But yeah. enough about this. Uh, I don't even think he's coming out this year. I think he's going to play two years in Miami, especially if they get deep into the playoff or deep into at least like a bowl game. But uh, Minka Fitzpatrick is now injured. Matt, you said biking accident. Is it motorcycle or he really fall off a mountain bike? I'm actually going to look that up now. I assumed – when I read that, I assumed it was a motorcycle accident. I would be very um, embarrassed if that was a mountain bike accident. I probably wouldn't tell people. I feel like a mountain bike accident is easier to pass off that you're not a degenerate. I'll never forget the time somebody told me a story that they were in a hit and run on a bike and they were talking about colliding with another guy on another mountain bike. Like two mountain bikes hit each other. And I was like, I think I would have either not told that story or just said motorcycle. So, do you want to hear a funny story right now? So, if you look at the Philadelphia Eagles on Instagram page, they did mm. their photo shoot today for the team for the training camp photos. They're all in a, a boxing ring, like Rocky. Yeah. So you got AJ Brown in the boxing gloves and the like the shorts. You got Jalen Hurts wearing the gloves around his neck. You got um, Avante Maddox and um, Darius Slay and Fletcher Cox sitting in the corner. It, it, it's kind of, you know what? I, I got a little Philadelphia, the self-awareness. They know, like, that Rocky song is 80% of their culture. So, I'm f- totally for it. All they're saying is that he fell off a bike during vacation. They're not specifying, but I feel like if it was a, like, a motorcycle, motorcycle. bike, they would have listed so that. So much worse. So... I don't know. What's, so, so, what's more funnier in your opinion, or what's more funny in your opinion that I would say mountain bike. When he slipped and fell and injured himself because he was trying to get a slice of pizza in his kitchen. I would say the mountain bike is more funny only because it's like 
Yeah, the, everyone has slipped and fell before. Like, dude, I almost broke my toe once walking through my living room. <laughs> I almost broke my toe once punting a football over my house on vacation. You know exactly what house I'm talking about. Yep. Me, my dad, who you've watched barefoot punt a football a mile. My dad used to play soccer, so these sick bastards used to kick foot <laughs> soccer, kick soccer balls barefoot. My father says, "Hey, I'm going to punt this barefoot over my vac- over the vacation house." Sends it a mile in the air over the house. Me, as a drunk idiot, tries to kick it back, almost breaks my toe. And I'm like, oh, this is embarrassing. So after that, I just kind of held my toe up and I threw it. And I was like, you know what? Listen, household stupidity happens to everyone, even NFL players. So I'd say the mountain bike one is less embarrassing. Is, is more like, that's more serious. It's like, dude, if you ate it on a mountain bike, it's more like, hey, so you know how I'm supposed to keep myself healthy for the season? <laughs> I hurt my wrist mountain biking. Why are you mountain biking? Because my wife wanted to go for a bike ride. I, I don't know how that goes usually. I don't fucking know. Been single for so damn long. I can't remember. Um. All right. Well, uh, we have a couple. What else we got left on the dock? I think it's almost it, man. We are. We burnt those topics fast. Anything else we'll talk about? Well, going back to what you were um talking about before about the Jaguars with Doug Peterson. I just saw that um, Josh Allen of the Jaguars put out that it's more of a professional setting with him at quarterback, which, I mean, it doesn't really matter who you hired. Once you hire a guy that's not going to kick your kicker or is not going to dodge team flight so he can go and grind up against a woman when he's already married or... What happens at the chop house stays at the chop house. Yeah, or he's a guy that's not going to sit his staff down and make them defend their resumes as to why they're not losers. I think you're going to get a more professional guy. You could have hired the water boy, and he could have just had you do suicides for 30 minutes, and that would have been more professional than fucking Urban Meyer. I Everything about the Urban Meyer stories just make me laugh. So I always hated Urban Meyer from like his days at Utah when I was a kid. So it was like the fact that he was a terrible coach – Made me so fucking happy, and it sucked for the Jaguars because like they're like a fun organization, but it's like it made it so much fun that he was that bad. It's uh, it's I don't know, it's funny because it's like all these college like court uh coaches that come into the NFL, like Nick Saban did not have a good NFL career. Urban Meyer was apparently a joke. Saban needed the quarterback. If like so that that whole thing with the Breeze story, like Saban may have never left the NFL if he got Breeze. Like I love that story because it's like that's like the biggest NFL what if of all time. Besides, like I don't know, maybe if Chip Kelly get picked up with the Eagles and they went and got like somebody else instead. Uh, what if um, Nikhil Roby Coleman didn't come pass interference? Like one of them is like literally, what if the uh, Dolphins went and got Drew Brees mm-hmm. instead of Dante Culpepper? Like yeah, maybe talking if, about uh... the Dolph. We may have been talking about the Dolphins having three titles and Nick Saban and Bill Belichick duking it out every year. Well, what if Mark Sanchez never ran into his own offensive lineman's ass? He still would have been benched a year later. Who cares? <laughs> That's what, what if I Rex mean. Ryan? What, what if? Uh, what was it? What, didn't you guys lose on some bullshit one of those AFC title games? We uh, yeah, we won. Uh, well, we we beat the uh, we lost to the Colts in the AFC Championship. Then the following year, we beat the Colts in the uh, wild card. Or, Wild card. Then we beat the Patriots in the divisional, and then we lost by five points to the Steelers in 2011. That, uh, well, 2010, 2011. That 2011 Steelers team was cheeks anyway. They got smoked by the Packers. So it's what if yeah, Michael well, Vick? What if Michael Vick bootlegged against the Packers into the 2011 playoffs instead of trying to punch it in the end zone? 
Wow. We're having a whole conversation about the like that that 2010 Eagles team was disgusting. That what was if the team that uh, beat the Redskins by like 60? What if Marcus Williams never went low too early on Stephon Diggs during that? Uh, what if Minnesota what if um, I got another one for you? What if um um what is it? What's his face? The safety for the Rams took out Wentz's knee. Yeah, yeah. Wentz's knee never got blown up. Let me tell you what if uh, what there was never pass interference on the uh, was it the, the uh, so yeah. Yeah, like there's so many what ifs in the NFL. It's crazy to me. They, like I love that they have like the Marvel what if and everything else, but it was like I think my aunt, not my favorite, but I think one of my I think underrated top three. What if RG three never got hurt his rookie year? Oh, I would have been miserable. <laughs> Mike Shanahan was doing God's work by keeping Daniel Slater out of the success way. Unfortunately for Robert Griffin the third, it sucked because I loved RG three when he went to Washington. I was so sad. I want RG3 to go to Washington to Indy so bad because I already didn't like Andrew Luck because he played at Stanford. I would have liked oh, RG3 so much fun. Like I'd love to see him go play in Indy because Indy would be fun. I couldn't I could root for him. He was Washington. I was like, oh fuck me. That's the last time I think I remember a draft where the top two teams picking one and two were announced their picks before the draft. Like the Colts made it known, hey, we're no, taking Andrew um, Luck. Actually, no, that's right. Sixteen was funny because sixteen Nobody knew who the Rams were taking first overall, and the Eagles were like, we'll take whoever gets not picked. And they're like, oh, we'll take Carson Wentz second overall. I'm like, oh, my God, we got the steal of the draft. I want to Paxton Lynch. That stuff shows how bad I whiffed in that draft. Oh, God. Okay, so you know how my quarterback ranks were that draft? Number one was Dak Prescott. Number two was Paxton Lynch. Number three was Carson Wentz. Number four was Jared Goff. That was my quarterback rankings that year. I was right about Dak Prescott. I said this kid is a winner. He's going to win games, and he's going to win games effectively. Is he going to be elite quarterback talent? No, but those are rare. I thought Wentz was going to be a solid player, but he's going to be in betweener. I was right on that one. I thought Paxton Lynch was the sleeper who could have an amazing career. I was wrong. Um, I was not a Jared Goff fan. I don't like quarterbacks who have the mobility of a statue on fire. Um so I don't know. It, that whole draft process was weird to me that year, that 2016 year. I was praying hard the Jets would not take Paxton Lynch. I think that was the year they took uh, Darren Lee. I want to say, Ooh. yeah, who? Middle, middle linebacker who? Darren Lee from Ohio who State. The quarter of the broadcast boys. Who? <laughs> so uh, yeah, and, and Darren Lee lasted maybe three years, and then when the uh, that that brief moment when the Jets fired Mike McCagnan and, and Adam Gase was the interim general manager for like a couple weeks or a month. He traded uh, Darren Lee for a six-round pick to the Chiefs, and then he just kind of faded out of the NFL. So credit to uh, Adam Gase on making one good move because the guy who didn't last in the NFL far after that, and he got a six-round pick for him. I'm sure they didn't take anybody worthy of that. But yeah, I, What cracks me up about, like, we look back at all the NFL drafts. Dude, I was so butthurt we didn't get, like, certain players. And now I look back and I'm like, oh, okay, maybe that worked out. I'm pretty sure the year that DeAndre Hopkins was um, drafted in the second round, I believe it was the same year, the Jets took, like, Stephen Hill. They could have taken DeAndre Hopkins. Stephen Hill was – well, nobody probably knows that who that is, so that the speaks Eagles to it. Took, uh, the, the Sammy Watkins year was hysterical because – they traded the up Eagles for him, wanted right? Cooks, and they went and got Aguilar, but there was like three other receivers that could have taken behind him. Yeah, Brandon Cooks, man, he was traded twice for a two for a first round pick each time. 
listen, he's good what he what he does. It's just my my the funny the scary the the win I I knew there was two moments during the twenty eighteen Super Bowl where I knew the Eagles were gonna win. One was when they came, when the walkout songs when the Eagles came out to Dreams and Nightmares and the Patriots came out to the lame ass Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, Eagles win. This is it's uh, the vibes been set. Yeah, at the least Eagles they didn't are, come out are, to like Sweet Caroline. Listen, that would have been more intimidating, honestly. Um, I all I got was like a visual of Kevin Malone from The Office going like this. Oh man, I thought you were gonna say when he dropped the chili. Yeah, the Patriots basically dropped the chili in that Super Bowl. Um, and then the other one was like, uh, you know, when Malcolm Jenkins knocked Brandon Cooks unconscious. I was like, with a completely legal hit, which was even scarier. It was like, I'm like, oh my god, he's hmm. dead. <laughs> It's like when Bernard Pollard knocked out Stephen Ridley cold. I don't oh, remember Asante, that one. Asante Samuel knocked out um, Reggie Williams. Yeah. Dude, there's a couple hits. Every couple years, there's a hit that is just like, what the fuck, man? Dante's mm-hmm. perfect against uh, Antonio Brown in the 2015 playoffs. Yo, we really go in there. AJ McCarron really was about to beat the Steelers, too. Yo, that's even scarier. AJ McCarron was my sleeper quarterback that year. I'm not even gonna lie to you. AJ McCarron, shout out to him having the most one of those beautiful lives in football and having Brad Musburger tell him about it 30 times over. <laughs> Alrighty. Um that actually kind of wraps up for the corner with pod today. Um we got live show Thursday, special guest Andrew LaDuke. Um we are gonna just you know just talk all things. We're gonna start talking football. It's football's kicking up high gear. I'm excited, man. And trade deadline's getting close with baseball. Because I believe the trade deadline's Sunday, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. It's coming up. It's usually like the first of August or something like that. Or it's the 31st of July, or whatever. Yeah. So it's yeah. uh, yeah, it's gonna be fun, man. I'm excited. We're gonna have a good uh po- deadline uh, show. Maybe we get maybe some, some fucking news. trades will pop off on Thursday. Yeah, and show. also you know Andrew is always just a fun time to have on the show. So he promised me he'd come on. So if he does, I'm gonna harass him until he gets Holding on. It so. to him. Yeah, so there you go. All right, we uh we appreciate us on by. You can follow Matt at, at BigWisp8 on Twitter. You can follow me at BellyUpJared, even though I really don't ever post anything because, honestly, all my stuff I post is from the main chat. You can follow our TikTok and our Instagram because Matt's kicking ass on that. I need to start doing that more. Now that I've been four weeks into my job, my excuses are lengthened. Um, ladies and gentlemen, appreciate you stopping by. We'll see you on Thursday. Peace! Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly of Podcast Network.